and welcome to this podcast series, This PhD Thinks, with me, Jovina Ang. I'm here to talk to the PhD community. Talking to these individuals have challenged me, made me think differently, and helped me grow as a leader and a person. And I hope you'll be able to take away a thing or two from the conversations with my guests. Far more diverse, and it comes with a very holistic approach, I think, um, where mind, heart, and, and soul is at peace and thriving. Hello, everyone. My guest for this episode is Melina Supia. Melina is the Chief Wellbeing Officer of the National University Health System, a dancer, and probably the calmest person I've ever met. Melina, how have you been? It's been ages, Jovina. Lovely to see you and hear you. Yeah. I hope to, you know, be able to have a lovely chat with you this morning. Oh, I'm sure we will. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I and we, we talked before that we wanted to sort of focus this episode about well-being, given that that's what you do for your day job. So what do you actually do? And maybe you can describe your typical day for us. Well, it will come as no surprise that my typical day is quite atypical. Um, I do try and have enough ears and eyes on the ground and that will know if it's not me or one of my colleagues that where they can turn to for help. I think uh, a lot of well-being is thought of as, you know, um, going to the gym or doing our 10,000 steps or eating kale, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I hate kale. (laughs) Far more diverse. And it comes with a very holistic approach, I think, um, where mind, heart and and soul is at peace and thriving. Right, right. So so can you maybe tell us what are some ways where we can better manage our well-being? If we boil it down to very basics, right? Physiological, a bit like Maslow's hierarchy. We can't be too hot, too cold, too hungry, needing a bathroom and not finding one, uh, not getting proper sleep, all those things, right? Just the basic things. Um, Nutrition, sleep, exercise, movement. Then we sort of look at stress management and see how we can control things that are within our control and letting go of things that we can't. That's easier said than done because we have so many confounding stressors and things that do bother us every day. But it takes a bit of work. Then if people are, you know, having financial struggles or have humdrum jobs where there's no meaning and purpose in repetition or just piecemeal work where you don't actually feel extremely satisfied or it's not building your career doing something a little bit more aspirational exciting these are all aspects of well-being and the most important one um, which then glues everything else together would be social well-being having family friends um, colleagues that we can um, bond with rely on and even the most introvert of us um, would appreciate one or two good friends or family members. I don't think you know we're able to be complete hermits 
you know, so I think well-being is a lot of all these aspects and the social one, the connection with other people uh, is extremely important. Mm, yeah, because um, leaders across the world have been trying to tackle this issue of well-being for many, many years, especially in the last two years during the COVID pandemic. Why do you think the needle hasn't moved when people are focusing so much on well-being? I think sometimes um, the way we exist, the way our economy exists, stretches us. We need to do more. We need to do more in a shorter time. We need to be more productive. We need to make more money. We need to get that promotion. There's so many things that hang in the balance where we sort of forego that well-being. Um, and, and time is the most precious resource. None of us is getting any younger. None of us is regaining what we used to, to be in our more youthful selves. Um, but that doesn't mean we you know, need to say time's just going to disappear anyway and we're all a little bit closer to the end or our graves. I think we need to preserve that well-being and, and only time can give us that. If we're working um, like crazy and we're having so many thoughts to deal with, and I, I think it would be fair to say that women do have that extra burden of being caregivers, of keeping that household you know, intact, food on the table, doing the groceries. Um, it's lovely when it's shared, um, but sometimes, you know, having to do that on top of working full time uh, and sometimes studying as well, because we want to further ourselves, there's so little time to look after um, themselves. So I, I would say the first step is creating that time. Um, it might be pockets of time during the week if we can't find, you know, half a day to just chill and do something that we really like. Enjoying a book. Uh, enjoying an old movie, having a meal with a loved one or a friend. Um, these, these are things that are going to preserve our well-being. And if we're a little bit more deliberate about it, getting in that hour of exercise or two hours, um, doing that stretch because you know, our back's not very well and we ergonomically don't sit or drive in positions that do as well. And uh, yeah, some, suddenly we're all ramrod straight. Yes, I know. Right. Suddenly we're all sort of sitting up properly. <laughs> awareness, right? that constant yes. awareness of how well we are. And uh, if, if we give that space and time and that awareness, um, and, and we need that, um, you know, I, I don't think we should be ashamed of telling our bosses or our colleagues I'm just going to take half an hour over lunch and going for a walk and uh, I'll be back at this time. And it's, it's fine. It's sanitary. It's good for our health. It's good for our mind. It's good for our soul. And lately everyone's talking about, you know, being self-aware, being aware of things, but why do you think people are still not aware that time is so precious and so important for our well-being? Well, I guess we think it's sort of unlimited until we're, ill, we don't realize how great it is to have good health. I think being deliberate about it 
And it doesn't mean we won't fall ill or we won't suffer from illness in the form of mental illness, depression, and things like that. But being aware and creating that space and time to actually do stuff that is good for us um, is the first step. And health is not a given. Most people don't have that um, level of literacy to be able to look after themselves. So our jobs, um, and, and in my job especially, is creating that awareness, educating people, giving them the tools and techniques um, to, to thrive and, and to be better. Um, I know we met over medita meditation, or was it mindfulness sessions, Julie? Yes, uh, that's right. years ago um, at the SMU, and um, who would have thought, right? So we had to make time on a Tuesday evening from I think, 6.30 or 6 to maybe closer to 8, um, bring our mats, our water bottles, so we plan ahead and be very deliberate about it. Um, otherwise, it would never have happened, and, and this is what we need to do. But if we have competing demands, work, children, family, and, um, and, and other things, then it's going to be very hard. Um, we need some help from, or some support in being able to do that. What is one key takeaway you want to leave behind with the listeners where, you know, my uh, well-being is concerned? I think that um, it's, it's, a, it's a very woolly word, well-being, and uh, it's been bandied about, you know, in the press and um, in, in media, a lot of things. And we agreed it wasn't the green juice or the super muesli or... Um, some, you know, new kind of high-intensity training that everyone swears by or some magnets or um, energized water or ionized air. There's it, always something linked to either technology or pseudoscience. It's that peace of mind, I think, being well, is that contentment and serenity and it's a lot harder to, to, to achieve and perhaps achieve would not be the right word because it would, you know, imply trying and striving and working hard at it. But, but being aware of our thoughts, it comes back to mindfulness, I think, and, and who we really are. Once we know who we are and... Um, Self-delusion is, is a wonderful thing, right? We tell ourselves certain stories and narratives and we fool ourselves into thinking we're something that we're not. Um, but if we strip all that away and the essence of who we are, and we really need to like that person and love that person immensely with a lot of compassion and uh, respect for self, and um, well-being starts, I think, there. And because I'm respecting myself, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this because it's actually good for me and I'm not going to feel guilty and I'm not going to, you know, um, be my own worst self-critic. Um, and and all, all those things help. Um, and... and I think deep self-knowledge, um, knowing who we are, uh, what we want, what we need um, is the first step. And then getting there 
would be the next and um, can be as simple as reading, if you enjoy that, making time for it, um, walks, um, being with our pets, if we have animals at home, um, doing, doing volunteer work, because a lot of, um, it sounds like a cliche, right? Um, yes, yes, it does. The more we give, the more we get or receive. Uh, it, it's extremely true, um, but uh, care in giving, and not over giving where we are depleted and unable to refresh, recharge. We just feel, you know, um, jaded or down. So that giving too has to be uh, one where it is in a way reciprocated. Um, through kindness from others as well, um, um, you know, loving gestures, all that sort of thing, I think, because um, that one-way street is not going to be very helpful. It has to be, you know, a two-way. Then we nourish ourselves mutually. And if we can't, we need to find out why, right? So, um, I, I am absolutely not against, you know, people seeking help, um, professional help through counsellors, clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, and they need to, you know, unpack all that. And, uh, and seeking help would be great. Um, so if it's not there yet, that self-love and care for self, um, we can take steps to get there slowly but surely. Thank you so much, Melina. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Till next time, this is Javina Ang on This PhD Things. Bye-bye now.